I think when it comes to the, the Catholicity in the Catholic Church, we're Catholics, but we're not Roman. And that, that's one of the distinctions so we make with Rome, because Rome is a lot slower to extend who, who and what they have to be a church to be a church. And that's, I mean, Pope Leo XIII said that Anglican orders in 1816 in his papable apostolic curie were absolutely null and utterly void. So um, just to clarify, so people that are Protestant, would you also view those people as part of the Catholic Church? It depends, because who are we talking about? And that and that's not. I'm not trying to bypass the question. It's it's literally when you're talking 36,000 or whatever the number is yeah. denominations. And even if you break them up into the seven or eight categories that they can be clumped into, can you be part of the Catholic Church? Can you be part of the Church because Catholic and Church functionally should be synonymous? Yes. Can you can you be part of the Church and not believe in the sacraments? So if you change the doctrine of the sacrament, take Eucharist, for example, where Jesus speaks the way that he does in John chapter 6, and he's and, and the literal nature of his words, and that if he means to be metaphorical, well, his disciples and the crowds don't get it, and he doesn't say he's being metaphorical to keep them. Yeah. If you say that it's just metaphor and you're not really receiving the body and blood of Jesus, will he make you then receive it if you're in a Protestant church and you uh, observe Holy Communion? Like, will he go against your will and do it? Mm -hmm. So, and you could say yes or no, and depending on how you answer that's going to raise up a whole other set of questions. Yeah. So I, I think the answer is, I, I don't know. Like who, who are we talking about? What kind of doctrine are we talking about? Vatican II put some more language to this from the Roman perspective, but I think it's pretty representative of Catholicity in general, is that everyone who's baptized is part of the body of Christ, but not every gathering of Christians is a church. And I think that's that's a better way of thinking about it and to think about the ecclesial bodies. So the people who gather together and there's something like a church and the grace of God is there and the Lord's working there and the word of God's being ministered there. And it, and, and the best way scripturally I, I can represent it is, is, is twofold. First would be Apollos. So Luke tells us that Apollos was, he was an eloquent speaker, powerful man who's going around, but he, and he's creating disciples and strengthening churches and things, but he's deficient. He's, he's not been brought up to speed with all the other things that have taken place with his last bit of information. And so by the time we hear about him again to, in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he's named amongst Paul and Peter. And another example would be when Paul writes to the Romans when he says he wants to be there with them so that through the laying on of his hands he can impart to them some spiritual gift. Mm -hmm. You know, that he can encourage their faith and they can uh, encourage him. And then he gives this massive treatise, which is basically a fundraising letter. And um, those two examples reflect just the way the church has always grown. So none of us are ever perfect. But we must, as Paul says, keep the perfection we've attained. Mm -hmm. And so I think what, what, is, what happened in the Reformation, sadly, the latter portion of the Reformation, is you get such a splintering and, and a schismatic experience of so many Christians that now you almost, you, you have to have a kind of, of liberality for the purposes of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So you have to hold to the truth that God has revealed once for all in the scripture, that he's never going to change, that the church has with one voice professed and required. So I mentioned the celibacy of clergy coming out of the Middle Ages. Well, the celibacy of clergy had always been a practice. Mm -hmm. Jesus was, Paul was, Timothy was, 
Barnabas was. I mean, it's always been practiced in the church, but it's the requirement mm -hmm. that's the problem. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's the, and, and why did they do it? And the reason they did it was incredibly practical because you had bishops who were passing on to their sons their church estates. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing today when you've got Mr. Megachurch pastor and he's got 20,000 people in his church in his, lone, in his own town and he's got a worldwide ministry of $10 million. Who's he give it to? He gives it to his son. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. The ministry isn't inherited like that. Yeah. It's the body of Christ. It's a whole different dynamic. And so, and along with simony, people buying and selling ecclesiastical office. So the way to stop that is to make it so that the, the clergy can't have children. Mm -hmm. So you get rid of that dynastic feel. Um, now, obviously, as Anglicans, Anglican clergy, we you know we have we have children, and those are the Lord calls. We want to see them walk into that calling. And if they happen to be your successor in your parish, that's great. But that's usually not how it goes. Mm -hmm. They have their own that they go. You know. So I think when it comes to the, the Catholicity in the Catholic Church, we're Catholics, but we're not Roman. Mm -hmm. And that, that's one of the distinctions so we make with Rome because Rome is a lot slower to extend who, who and what they have to be a church to be a church. And that's, I mean, Pope Leo XIII said that Anglican orders in 1816 in his papable apostolic curiae were absolutely null and utterly void. So I'm not a priest. I just think I am. That's kind of what that means. The response from the archbishops, archbishops of Canterbury and York in 1898 to Sapius Officio responded graciously but directly mm -hmm. to, to the Pope, basically saying, no, we are, we do intend to make priests, and went through the whole history of the prayer book and the forms and, and the four parts of the sacrament and how they need to be present for it to be valid and legitimate. And then um, there was an, obviously not a response from Rome after that, but the Church of England connected with the, the old Catholic churches in Europe, and there's been, you know, intercommunion there. We connected with other Eastern Orthodox churches and gotten validation from there. And then in the 1960s, now he's Saint Pope Paul VI, but at the time he was Paul VI, Pope Paul VI. He and Archbishop Michael Ramsey, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury, have become good friends. And the Pope gave the Anglican Archbishop his Episcopal signet ring and a chalice. Well, if for those who don't know, in the Anglican world, in the, in the Catholic world, you don't give a chalice as an empty gesture. The chalice is serve communion. That's what it means. So why would the Pope give an Archbishop who is supposedly not a real Archbishop a signet ring and the chalice unless he's affirming what's going on? Yeah, so kind of, He's just like nodding his head like right. that. Right, and so that, that created a level of uh, dialogue that began between the Roman Catholic Church and the Anglican Communion that's only become increasingly um, strengthened over time. Now, there's been hiccups there, and that's a whole other story we could deviate into, but I don't think that's for the purposes of the <laughs> uh, But it goes into a whole other set of things where in, in some ways it's been set back drastically, and in other ways it's been advanced. And, and the same thing with the Eastern Orthodox. So there's lots of... of I don't want to call it cross-pollination, but there's lots of joint efforts that are happening. I mean, um, let me leave it at that. I don't want to keep going on that. But when it comes to the other Protestant bodies, who are we talking about? How is that group organized? What are the particularities that they believe? You know. And then the Anglican approach is, let's find where we, are, we have agreements. Let's build on those agreements. 
knowing that somehow or another the rest of this stuff, the Lord's going to have to work it out. But he's not going to do it apart from us. Mm -hmm. And we can't do it if we stay disconnected. 